Welcome to the Struggling Pastors Podcast, real conversations about ministry and life. This is Tian Down, and I just want to welcome you to this podcast. Today's podcast, uh, I am interviewing a uh, young uh, seminary student and future church planter. His name is uh, Andrew Kahn, and we talk a lot about uh, just what he's learning and uh um, he actually, uh, we spent some time, he's asking me some questions also. And so uh, I thought this uh, is a good conversation that you might uh, benefit from. So uh, let's uh, hear a conversation with uh, future church planter, Andrew Kahn. Uh, Andrew, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, I'm, I grew up in southeast Tennessee, and I lived there most of my life uh, until just a few months ago, and um, been a pastor there for about six years. And me and my wife were looking to see how God was directing us next and knew kind of two main things were important. Uh, one, just kind of further education. And so looked at some options there, just kind of seminary and theological education. But more importantly than that, how God would lead us in ministry and church planning was something that kind of he put on both of our hearts in different ways, in both of our passions. And so um, her home church was doing a church plant in the Los Angeles, Orange County area. And we kind of, uh, one of the guys that was in charge of that was a friend of mine. And Talked with him, and long story short, uh, kind of ended up out here in uh, in Orange County uh, church planning. So, so I have two kids, uh, and uh, and excited to be here. So uh, you are uh, at you're you're in seminary right mm-hmm. now, right? And you're part of the core team of a new church plant, uh, getting ready to plant next year. Tell us a little bit about that that journey about church planting. Why why are you interested in church planting? Yeah, so um, I, when I was in middle school, high school, I felt a um, a call to like vocational ministry, and I didn't really know what to do with that. If I just thought my youth pastors were fun people, if I thought um, if it was something real, I didn't really know. Um, and then through multiple kind of instances and major watermark moments, God kind of confirmed that call in my life through multiple people as well, not just one youth pastor or one person. Um, So that happened. And then I met my wife uh, in college. We went to two different schools, but went to the same church is how we met. Um, And uh, she felt a call to missions. And so as we started talking and interacting, um, we got along in lots of ways, had a lot of fun together, liked each other, obviously. And then there became this um, strange tension of I feel called to kind of vocational church ministry. You feel called to missions. We really do believe God has us together. Those things obviously are compatible, but they can also kind of be distant from each other as well. So uh, we've been married just over five years now, and um, it was always kind of a tension point in our marriage of how do we mold these two things together. Um, And So I was a pastor in the South in the Bible Belt and loved a lot of things about it, but there are parts of it that were not very missional at the same time as far as reaching people who don't know Jesus uh, because so many people would say that they do um, and that sort of a thing. And so for us, we kind of, church planning became a more of a thing as of late, I think, kind of popularity um, and more about probably a a recognized need of it more than anything. And so so we kind of looked at that and that's where we kind of landed of maybe this is how God directs us. And and you're part of a church planning team and um, you're... Uh, are you going to be volunteering there, or is it a staff position? Or Yeah, so currently we have two main planters. I'm not either one of those, and they're supported by Self-Support and NAM, North American Mission Board, and a couple different things like that. Um, I have a volunteer role currently that could or could not turn into something. There's no promises there, because so we don't know what happened, but doing kind of leadership development, leadership pipeline of taking people from coming to a service or a gathering or a community group or whatever it may be and moving them 
from anything to being a missionary to maybe a future staff person to to who knows what, but just how do we move people through just attending a church to being active volunteers and participants in a church? So, um, you know, I, God God called you to go to seminary and get trained mm-hmm. and uh, is not, I don't think, is to be a... Um, a volunteer at a church. I mean, you want to be a, a lead church planner? Yeah, yeah, ultimately. Yeah, that is my ultimate goal is to uh, be a church planner. That is, that is the long run, is the goal. And so, how, so I, how, how long is that going to be? Um, I know it'll be for sure while, not until I'm out of school. So my school plan is a three to four years, depending on how some things shake out, and just started that this year. Um, and then actually, my long term goal with this church plant, and I'm very open handed, me and my wife are with this is that they want to and desire to be a church that plants churches. And we would, in theory, be the first people to do that from that church. Now, we are very much open-handed, and we trust the Lord, however he may direct us in that way. But that is to be sent out. Yeah, to be sent out in a few years. Sent out in a few years when my school ends, as well as when our church has the ability to send out kind of those combo factors. Um, And and the the immediate goal would be in the area, not like a far sending, but just saying where is – a city or a neighborhood or over a few where we can continue our mission um, here in this area. So what, what are you seeing right now as some of the, the, the biggest uh, questions that you have? Just, uh, you know, you just moved to Southern California. You're yeah. getting to know the community. Um, you're a part of this church planning team. What are you seeing as some of the, the biggest needs here in our community? Oh, man. Um, I think that's very much a, a learning fluid thing. Uh, I think there's... And some of it's probably just cultural context different than the southeast of the U.S. where I'm from and where I've grown up. Is Life is really fast-paced here. And so the ability to how, – how do people slow down to actually have real in-depth relationships with people? And they very well may be doing it, and I just don't notice. But it's, it could just be different. But So how does that happen? How do people have that? And how do we engage people in that way in, in relationships? Um, I think that's one thing I'm just kind of noticing that's very different. There's also things that feel very similar. People are friendly and welcoming and kind, so how do you engage with people? Um, how do you meet people to engage with them? Uh, where, where, where is that done? I know where it's done where I was from, where I could go to meet people and find people. How does that work here? Those are some things that pop into my mind. Um, as you are you know, getting started here, uh, learning about uh, the community, uh, th- your church is starting to gather. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when, when is the grand opening plan? It'll Sometime be summer, summer 2020. And okay. so that could, that'll be some point in that time. We're currently having our kind of team core building nights. And so, um, there was a group of us that were from ascending church in the Nashville area of Tennessee and, uh, were sent out here and there um, have been a couple people join us here, very open to people joining our core team, but it is from the perspective of you're joining a core team of a church plant. Um, and, uh, and, the, and that's kind of the growth, the smaller growth that's happening now. And we're, we're gathering weekly on Sunday nights in, a, in someone's house just to kind of teach through the basics of here's what our church is going to be. And here's what Scripture says about a church as well. So, What, what do you anticipate being some of the obstacles um, that you have to overcome to, between now and not, and not just launch, but, but getting uh, to your vision of being a, a multiplying church? Um, space. Uh, space here is a premium. So... Yeah. Where do you meet? I mean, we're already running into the the place we meet is is large enough that we have we have some kids that has an upstairs, and we have like toddler age kids, so we're able to kind of put them up there. We rotate who watches the kids, um, and then but we're already running into just a space issue of our core team, and so where do we go next? Um, I see that, and I see as we multiply churches, where do you where do you go next? How do you find um, the places of 
most need or, or maybe a least impacted need in the area? Because there are churches here um, that are reaching their communities. And so trying to figure out where maybe some spots that there could be more of a felt need or maybe there's not as much of one. Um, so I see that as kind of an obstacle of finding out where those places are and then figuring out how do you have a, a gathering place um, as well. What do you anticipate being some of the uh, the the needs uh, of the community are and how, how would you be hoping to address some of those needs? Yeah, I think so. that's a very much a learning process. Um, you, you haven't yeah. nailed down a, a specific target yet, have you? No, not a specific, more of a kind of a broader area. So no, I don't know what that would look like exactly. Um, I think I think that people's needs are very similar uh, kind of across the board in in, in the U.S. of people desire to be known and desire to have some sort of relationship. Even if they're more introverted people, people want to be known as a general statement. Um, and so what that looks like here, I don't know. Some of, that, some of that I'm still learning. I don't have really answers of what the needs are. That's kind of, so we're not launching till 2020. Part of that reason is because we are, for the most part, all kind of transplant people, yeah. we don't necessarily know. So we're not coming in with saying, we know and we're going to do this today. It's let's spend a year learning and contextualizing. So when we launch, we have an idea. So there's a, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You, you have a strong team. There's like, what, a dozen adults, yeah. 20 adults, something like that? Yeah. Um, all from a, a big church in Tennessee. And everyone's committed because everyone's moved right. here. So you got to be, you know, uh, super yeah. committed to actually move your family here. Um, but the, the opposite side is no one, you're all new. No one has any previous relationships. Everyone's learning at the same time, right? So what's... Uh, how do you see the, those two, comp, like the sides of the, you know, everyone's committed, but but everyone's new. Yeah, no, exactly. So it is, there is high, high commitment. There's not really a worry about people saying, you know, I thought I was going to do this and now I'm not. That's not really a thing because people have moved their families, their kids, their jobs, their whole lives um, here. And so that's, that is a very like, okay, we, we know what we have. We know people are engaged and bought in. Um, but uh, what's been helpful is we have a good of our core team because they're not all pastors and they're mm -hmm. not all on support. We have people who are engaged. So we have my wife is a teacher at a school. We have another guy who works for a technology company and works in a department with um, 10 different kind of uh, 10 different ethnic backgrounds. And we have a lady who works in a couple different schools and she's a speech pathologist. And so we have some people who are already able to engage in different areas. Uh, we have two people working in healthcare, um, so that helps us to engage in different areas in the mm. community that's across the spectrum of socioeconomic status and those kind of things. So we can learn that, and we're not just pastors sitting in a room saying we think we know things. <laughs> so uh, people who really engage. What about you? You're you're on this journey. Um, the good thing is that hopefully you got the, a long runway to figure yeah. out some of your you know your your, your gifts and leadership uh, strengths. Um, but as you look at where you are right now and where you anticipate you will need to be um, by the time you launch your church, you know, three, four years, what, what are certain areas of, of growth or maybe even right now they're, they're kind of, they're kind of blind spots. Uh, like what are some obstacles that you need to overcome in, in your personal development? Yeah, I think, um, I think vulnerability is a big one. Um, the, my position previously, I was at a church, I had a small group that I was able to be really vulnerable with that me and my wife led. Um, but as far as kind of leadership vulnerability, um, what is appropriate, what's not, um, how do you be honest with people of who you are and that you're not perfect. 
um, but also that you can be trusted to make good decisions as well, the balance there. I think that's a thing for me to learn. Um, all my leadership kind of experience has been in more of a team base, not an overall church base. So I've done youth pastor um, work, and that's been you know leading kind of adult volunteers and then working with families directly with students, 6th through 12th grade. And then small group ministry, so working with um, adult leaders that are leading other adults. So kind of just more segmented areas of a church. So just I've never experienced a broader mm-hmm. sense of that. So that'll be something um, that'll be a learned skill um, probably through being thrown in the fire. But that's how that works. But yeah, so I think that's that's one for sure, those areas. Um, you, you mentioned uh, earlier um, that you might have a couple of questions for me about this whole church planning journey. Um, what, what, what were some of the questions that uh, you're curious about with sure, church planning? Sure, yeah. So first, whenever you come into a new place, whether it's somewhere you've moved across the country to or even just you know, a neighborhood over or you know, a city over, how do you begin to engage with leaders that are in the community? How do you begin to engage um, with them? So that in a healthy way, your church is, it's, and people know that it's there, you know, um, how, do you, how do you do that? Yeah, uh, well, I remember during our first church plant uh, years ago, this is, I don't know, maybe 15, 17 years ago, um, I'm not sure how long uh, ago, um, we, we planted a church in the city of Long Beach. And one of the things that we did was we, we actually um, uh, had, we tried to get, a meeting with uh, as many pastors in the community as we could. Um, we had some friends that, that there was a, um, who kind of brokered a meeting with uh, some of the, the biggest leaders of, of the church. And, and it's kind of interesting. Um, uh, you know, I, I knew someone who knew other people. He was kind of connected with other pastors and uh, set up a meeting with like, it, there was probably about six or so of the, uh, the pastors of the, the most influential churches in, in the city. And the funny thing was that even though these pastors served in the same city for, uh, you know, over a decade together, um, this meeting was actually the first meeting that they actually met each other, right? The, uh, mm-hmm. the pastors, they didn't even know each other, at least not personally. They knew of each other's ministry and churches and reputations, but they didn't have relationships with each other. So that was kind of interesting. But so um, we, we uh, came there um, and I got to meet uh, these pastors and just really... Um, uh, in a very humble way where we, we presented our, our vision and to say, you know, God, God, we believe God has called us here because of this or that, but we know that, um, that God has already been working in this community. You, you guys have been laboring uh, here for a long time. Uh, just wanted to get to know you and, and to see if we could uh, work together. And a lot of it is that, that relational uh, piece. And um, so that was, that was one thing. That really helped. Um, but um, even after that meeting, um, I continue to uh, try to reach out to other pastors just one-on-one. You know, take them out to coffee and just to say the same thing. We believe that God has called us here, but we know that God has uh, has already been working and there's other churches. We wanted to see if, if there's any way we could partner together and just to learn. And I, I, I started with a, a learning posture. And just to say that, you know, when you're, when you're new, um, you could just come and state say hey i i we're new uh but we really want to learn about this community can can you share anything 
Um, and that really opened up the doors. And what I was uh, initially afraid of, you know, one of the things I was afraid of was, you know, these pastors would say, would close their doors and like, hey, you know, you're not welcomed here. Um, uh, but actually, we found the opposite to be true. The pastors just opened up their arms and just really welcomed us. Um, I've heard uh, multiple times that said, you know what, we've been praying for church planters like you to come to our community. We've been praying for a decade that God would send out more more people to start more churches in this community. And, and you know, um, some of the churches offered us meeting space, you know, a little bit of financial help. We got volunteers, you know, to come and, and do things with us. And um, it really created a, a sense of community uh, among the churches because they never collaborated together hmm. before, um, you know, these pastors never even knew each other. And, uh, but it, I think having a, a humble posture in talking with the, uh, with the, the pastors and saying, you know, is there anything that we can do? So that's, that's one thing. That's meeting with churches and pastors. Uh, one of the, the key things that we did um, was we tried to build relationships with uh, school, the, the, the local schools, hmm. um, uh, specifically elementary school principals. Now, it depends on your community because some schools are really closed off uh, with working with churches. Um, but if you're in a, an area, especially if it's a needier area, they, they, they're, they just receive help from any, any place. So um, we were, you know, there was this um, location that we were going to launch the church in, and next door was an um, elementary school. So we, we built uh, a lot of relationships with that school that was next door to uh, the, the community center that we rented. And I just, uh, I just approached them and, and just to say, hey, we, we, uh, you know, we're a church, um, but, uh, you know, we're a church, but, but we really want to see what we can do to, to help the community. Um, and so we, uh, we, I had this, this uh, meeting with the, the school principal and it just kind of shared the vision of our church to say, you know, we're, we're, one of the things that, you know, we're followers of Jesus. And one of the things that Jesus tells us is to love our neighbors. And you guys literally are our neighbors. You're right across next door to, to where we meet. And so um, what I did was I gave the principal this uh, uh, kind of a blank check. And I, and I said, um, if there's anything that you need um, that we can uh, that we can do that we can help out in, the the answer is yes. If we can do it, yeah. the answer is yes. And then um, she was kind of skeptical. He's like, okay, I don't I don't really know about this. Um, and what like she was like, what are you talking about? Like 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 uh, can you give me some examples? And I actually didn't think this meeting would go this yeah. well, so I wasn't really ready. For it, and the first thing I thought of was, um, I said this. I said, "Well, uh, do you guys like tacos?" Yeah. And she was like, well, "What do you mean?" And I was like, uh, "Hey, what about uh, what about um, we come in and we we cook some tacos for you and your 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 teachers?" Yeah. Uh, can we do that? Just to do a teachers appreciation day. And and she said, "Oh, you know what? Uh, there's a great day coming up. Uh, there's a thing that you know they were they were doing school testing, and and they're saying, hey, this would be great to encourage the teachers because everyone hates the school testing period. Um, that would be great if you do uh, uh, tacos on on uh, during the week of school, you know, the testing. So it started there. It was actually we uh, we did not like the first purchase of the church ever made was this big old event grill." Um, and we started 
doing a, a teacher's appreciation day at the school um, once a month. Wow. Right? So we came in there, yeah. we started doing that, and then it started growing to other things. We started, um, you know, she came up to us, our principal, she said, hey, we're, we're hitting a, a budget crisis, and um, is there, uh, uh, like, we ran out of paper, and the, the school district says, um, there is no more, and each teacher has to buy and provide their own school supplies for the rest of the year. Uh, is there, can you guys help us? Like literally our cupboards are bare. There's, there, there's supply closet, there's nothing in there. And I said, okay, hey, we're, we'll take care of that for you. Give us a list of what you need. So what we did was we, we mobilized our church to go out in the community uh, with the list of all the things that the teachers said that they needed. And we went to, you know, uh, Target and Walmart and Office Depot. And we, uh, we talked to, we talked to, you know, the store managers ahead of time. And what we did was we, we, as people were walking in, we just handed them a sheet of paper. It's like, hey, we're collecting school supplies for this needy school uh, in our community. Uh, can you, you know, buy any of these things and drop it into this basket? Uh, literally in just one, one day, uh, one Saturday, we, we, we loaded up a big pickup truck full of, school supplies and then on that monday we delivered it and filled up all the the whole the whole supply closet and she was like wow i can't believe you we, we just asked you this like you know this week and and by yeah. monday you fill this up you know so we, we said you know we, we took that seriously if we could do something the answer is yes um later on we found out that there's you know the um uh, a lot of uh you know kids in the community who are very poor um, they weren't going to get any, uh, so I, basically we, 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 we ran a, um, Christmas toy drive. So we talked to the school counselor and, uh, to give us a list, uh, we, in, in relationship with working with the school counselor, um, she got a survey of like the neediest kids at the school and, um, got their, the parents to say, you know, this is the ages of the kids. These are the sizes of their you know shoe sizes and uh, you know my daughter likes my little pony my son yeah. likes you know whatever uh transformers and all this stuff so what we did was we we did a a toy drive for the the neediest families in in the school but we didn't give it to them directly we gave it to what we wanted to do was we wanted to give it to those moms. Most of their, uh, it's like 80% of those those kids um, grew up in, in single parent families, so okay. it's just single moms. So we 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 gave it to their moms, so that the moms could wrap up the toys themselves and mm. give it to their kids. Because yeah. there's this thing with working with 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 uh, you know uh, needy families, there's there's a, a, a shame factor, you know, mm. and there's kind of a a weird thing where where they start to feel um, you know, these kids, like, my shame about their parents, like, um, man, my mom can't even buy me something, but these strangers are giving me things. You know, it doesn't actually um, help the family, right? It actually creates some tension. So we decided to work with the school and to, to do that, you know, to, to... So in building relationships with the, with the school, that was one of the things that we came up with. Um, later on... Um, uh, the school principal, non-Christian school principal, um, started believing in what our church, like we really mean it to say that we want to make a difference. So she said this, hey, I have this group of uh, boys that grew up that, you know, have no dads in their homes 
and they're just really rough kids and you know they're just acting out is there a way that you you could create a mentorship program for these boys oh wow, yeah so she asked us the church uh, and gave us direct um, access where it was like every Tuesday we came there and they set aside uh, the lunch hour and then the period after that just so these boys could spend time with with basically disciples or Christian uh, men from our church and it was through um, it was through the school that they set uh, set this 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 program up um, and having done that um, and it it started with tacos yeah, right? it started with just something small, and it built up. You know, and we were we we kept on doing a, a bunch of different projects together, um, and it, it was just ways of getting to know the needs of the community. So, so I I, I think one of the um, uh, key kind of uh, gatekeepers, like talk to you know talk to those school principals, talk yeah. to the pastors, um, and you got to be there involved uh, you know it, 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 this was a, a relationship that lasted years you know it took us a while to build up trust yeah but but showing up for a long period of time people get to know you know we, we had actually uh, quite a bit of those families um, come to uh, church things we would when we would do a vacation Bible school when we would do um, other projects um, the it's funny but like when right after right after uh, school ended we would do like a vacation bible school and the school allowed us to uh put flyers and give every kid flyers oh, wow. to our vacation bible school and to our our projects because they're like hey you know these people we know these people um you know they care about the community uh, maybe there's something that your kid can go to so yeah um it, it's kind of interesting yeah it, it worked really well so let me ask you another one. So this one's a little more kind of on a, on a more personal level. You go to plant a new church in a new place. You want your own community. Maybe you've come from a place that you've had some deep community. Mm -hmm. And maybe some of those people came with you. Maybe they didn't, depending on your context of where you're planting and where you've come from and all those things. How do you kind of, I don't, not even just survive, but thrive while you build that community? Because it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. Um, as far as your family, if you've been in a close Christian community, and then how do you create it in a new yeah, place? Yeah. So what, one of the things I, I think um, that may uh, work against you and your situation currently is, um, you know, they say that uh, in, in any season of life, you only have room, uh, relational capacity for about 12 to 15 relationships, mm -hmm. right? So right now, you guys are one fully formed uh, group of people that all your relational capacity is full with each other. Yeah. Right. So when you get together, there's all there's tight community and there's love and there's there. But but you actually don't need um, you don't need it anywhere uh, you know any other people and you actually don't have room for any other people uh outside of this group because you know there's there's you know a dozen or 15 of you already there so i, I would say one of the things is is um you need to allow for some space for new relationships hmm. and to to maybe even to say no to you know, um, I don't know what your position is and how you work with everyone, and, and maybe that's part of your job, um, also. But y you need to have, you know, a several 
open slots, you know, just for new people. Yeah. You know, um, and and if it's if all your relational you know slots are filled with Christian people who are part of your church, hmm. then there's really um, no place for other people. You know, there's something about like, hey, um, if you're new to a community and you're just bored and you're like, man, I I um, uh, I want to have coffee with someone, or you and your wife, you don't know anyone, and you're like, we need to get to know another couple. And so you would just go to your neighbor's house or, you know, someone that you just met uh, because you don't know anyone else. And that's how you build relationships. When So so it's good that you have, um, uh, you know, a, a people around you, um, but it's also going to uh, slow down the relational building capacity because um, you don't actually need to meet strangers to fulfill any you know relational yeah. needs that you have hmm. so that's that's one of the things i would say um you know like one of the things is maybe breaking up you know your 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 group up into smaller groups you know yeah. groups of four you know maybe you know you do your training together but you you would very quickly just say hey we can't all just hang out together you know you gotta um you know break it up into smaller groups and you got and that has to be intentional uh, because you know it's hard building new relationships, especially in your uh, you know, new place, um, and new uh, difficult things. We don't do difficult things um, without intentionality, right? So I would say, hey, like let's let's try to um, meet new people. Let's make that a part of our rhythm, right? So you have to say no to. Yeah. Great people who are Christians who, you know, you love the community, love the mission, but you got to say no to them to so that you can build relationships with the people you're here to reach. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know what that looks like with 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 you right now. You know, you got seminary and you got, you know. So, um I would try to uh reserve a couple of slots, you know, like hey, Friday date night, like I'm not me as me and my wife and we're going to hang out with non-Christian people, like this this slot. There's no, we're not hanging out with Christian people at all. Yeah. Right. Just like having having that, you know, slot there for for uh, meeting new people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's super one helpful. Idea. That's very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and kind of one more thing. How do you deal on your own personal level? So not just your family, but personal. How do you uh, kind of manage your own personal time in a church planning context? So, so I'm familiar with a established church context, yeah. how to structure my week and how to do those kinds of things and the rhythms. I, I've done that for a while to where I feel established there. But in a new sense, how do you do it? Yeah, yeah. Th- that's really hard because, it, I mean, I'm not uh, – uh, it just changes by seasons. And, I mean, you, you're, you're in school. you got a job. you got kids and a wife and – um, you just gotta figure out a a, uh, a rhythm that works for you. Um, I like, for example, like um, I'm pretty busy. I got a lot of stuff going on, but I have a couple of slots in my schedule that are just for 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 outreach. You hmm. know, so we have a, a few hours on a Wednesday, um, every other Saturday right now. So I have two slots um, that are free, like standing in. Um, that this is for 
connecting with new people. Yeah. Right. On Saturdays, we go out and we try to uh, uh, interact with our neighbors. On Wednesday, we we're, we're trying to go to a college campus to, yeah. to meet new people. So those are our, our two, you know, and there's they're scheduled blocked out on my calendar. Right. So I that's what I would do. I, I, I would try to, um, you know, uh, you ever heard of the ideal uh, week, ideal work week? Um, so the idea is like having having uh, if you would block out your 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 whole week, right? If you would create like this is the perfect week. This is what it would look like, right? Um, and then you start to block out the things that you you cannot you you can't control. Like those are the hours that you work. These are hours you're in class, and then these are your Christian uh, your leadership meetings with the church people, right? And and then you just okay. You look at your calendar. What other time blocks, you know, two hours here, three hours here, are open for, you know, these other things, for outreach, for prayer, for other things. And I, I would first create an ideal week to say, you know, if everything, if I could, you know, uh, and of course everything changes. Every right, week right, week. yeah. But if you, you, you have an idea, it's like, hey, um, if this was a perfect week, I would spend, you know, Thursday afternoons out there trying to meet new people right um so you would block that out right so um i i would also say um uh instead of creating a task list um that you would calendarize your tasks hmm. like for example like you know, like saying evangelism right uh, or meeting new people instead of saying uh on my task list to do meet someone new this week or meet meet three people new like instead of that why don't you create a time slot to mm, say yeah this two hour block of time is for meeting new people right so because um the way our fast-paced society works nowadays we we like our calendar is kind of king right yeah like like you if someone calls you up and say hey um are you busy you're like no i have an appointment i can't meet with you Right. No one's going to get mad at that because everyone understands, oh, he has an appointment. So it's like, but um, they don't know that appointment is you sitting at Starbucks trying to yeah. meet someone. Yeah. Right. So, so that's what I would do. I, I would, I would um, make it a task. Make, take your tasks and your goals and try to find time to say, uh, for the next two hours, I'm going to work on, on this goal whatever is meeting new people or you know, whatever discipling other people so there's just a couple of tips about about how do you get everything done uh put it on your calendar you don't don't just make a task list put your tasks on That's the very calendar helpful. Yeah. yeah yeah so over time you know um you, some of those those calendar slots aren't going to be always productive you're not going to accomplish all your goals in all those time slots but over time you'll get more done yeah right so yeah. Anything else? As that's all the questions I have for now. Um, what? Uh, okay. Let me uh, think about this in, in, in the future. Okay. Um, if you were to look at uh, Andrew uh, three, four years from now. Yeah. Right. Imagine yourself. Yeah. Um, three, four years from now, you're getting ready to launch your new church. Um, what would future Andrew? say to present Andrew right now? What do you think he would say to you? Oh, man. Um, 
future Andrew say to present Andrew? Um, I think would be uh, enjoy enjoy the season in a new place while it feels new, before it feels like normal. So enjoy the newness of life, because uh, that goes away pretty quick. Um, that would be one. I would say, because uh, life right now is really busy with school schedules and seminary and all that kind of stuff. Um, don't allow the busyness to... Uh, to have you miss out on the relationships that you have and the relationships you need to have. I like what you said a little bit ago about the creating slots. You, know, you have the capability of the 12 to 15. Don't fill them all up immediately. Um, so be sure that you have room for new relationships with people. Um, I think that's it. I think um, be willing to work hard because the product will be worth it. It will be worth the hard work. Um, it will be worth it in the long run. Um, so be willing to to do that those would be kind of the big things yeah. i would say well let's see how prophetic you we'll are. see you, yeah you. we'll find out won't we yeah yeah as we balance kids growing up yeah. and, and learning and, and jobs yeah. and everything maybe, yeah. maybe future andrew will say hey, hey don't do it yeah yeah you, we'll, we don't know we'll find out you never know all right andrew thanks for your time i appreciate it and yeah, thanks uh, for having yeah, me. We'll, we'll talk again soon definitely